welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Roy, would you like to share with us next uh, what your higher power has been teaching you about sponsorship in the past year? Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Jess. Hi. How are you doing? I really want to second what uh, Jess has said about lust. Uh, it's uh, probably the most crucial aspect of sponsorship. Hi. And what he said about faces is the scariest thing in my life. You know, my great fear is fear of people. I think even today, that's worse than worse than fear of lust. And who knows, maybe lust is driven by fear of people. I am no expert on any single aspect of this program. I want to disabuse your minds of that right now. Anyone who I'm, who I'm tried who I have tried to sponsor can testify to that. <laughs> I think there are as many techniques of sponsorship as there are people who are sponsors. And there are as many ways of sponsoring <clears throat> as there are sponsees who need it. And we're going to hear a lot of good stuff today about very practical things. What I'd like to just spend a minute on are two things that I think we overlook in the whole idea of sponsorship. The first is, uh, what is the goal of sponsorship? What is the goal of sponsorship? Is it to keep them sober? How many here uh, have ever kept anybody sober? Are you being honest with me? Because if, if there's one person here, I'd like to know about it. I think you'd have a, an unending line to your door. You know, we're not being coy here. I think we as sponsors can keep people sober for a while. We may even be able to keep them sober for quite a while, but there's a difference between sobriety and recovery. That's the great difference in our program, aside from lust. We have a sea change difference between sobriety and recovery. We've, been, we've seen people in this program with years of sobriety who have never entered recovery. Uh, is it to keep them in the group? Any hands on that? Is that the goal of sobriety? Is it to keep them dependent on me as the sponsor? Why not? Okay, how about just briefly looking at the positive aspects? How about incorporating, helping them incorporate the tools of recovery in their own lives? Um, how about progressive victory over lust? Isn't that the name of this game? And I and and what Jess said is to the point. Uh, there's a never in my life. I can only speak for myself, there's a never-ending discovery of what lust is. 
And I believe that, that we can never, uh, lust has to do with the created image of God himself in the human organism. And therefore, we can never fully explore or explain lust. And it begins with raw sexual drool or whatever it is, but it just goes from there to the misconnection and into other forms. My greatest form of lust today is ego lust. And if I don't see that and overcome it today, I have aborted my recovery. And if I've aborted my recovery, my sobriety can go just like that. I was on that thin edge a couple of years ago and had no idea how close I was to joyously entering a new realm of life without sobriety. It is cunning and baffling and very powerful. Uh, how about the goal of sponsorship of getting the sponsee into the real connection? Isn't that the tough one, really? Isn't that the object? Isn't that the only thing that's going to work for them? How do you do that as a sponsor? How do you do that as a sponsor? How do you get that person into the real connection where it's a way of life, a living presence within the life of that person? How do you do it? Unless you've got it yourself. That's the communicable spiritual aspect of our, of our recovery. It's the invisible fountain of life that if that awakening is not in our lives it's going to draw and if it doesn't they'll fall away and the last thing I want to say about the goal is I think the goal my goal should be their independence their independence where that person no longer has to call that person with the real connection can make it has the tools the principles in their lives that's what it is second thing I'd like to talk about is a broader concept of sponsorship. I'm going to read excerpts from the latest grapevine because nothing says this better than this. Just out, written by some guy in St. Louis. I've recovered from alcoholism using the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, the first 164 pages of the big book, and the lead of a strong teaching sponsor. In the early days of AA, it was not uncommon to have high recovery rates. But my impression is today that the rate has fallen sharply. And there is a genuine growing concern for the future of AA. Any takers on that so far for SA? It is my opinion that group sickness should bear the brunt of responsibility for this condition. And that this cancer eating away at the AA legacy must be arrested or I and millions of alcoholics are doomed. <clears throat> That's our story today. I, this is my opinion. I believe a SA today is characterized by group sickness. And that is our problem. The problem is not the 12-step program isn't working. How many here are in groups where <clears throat> there is more sobriety than insobriety in your group. Now be honest with me. There is more sobriety than insobriety. Okay. That's pretty good. That's better than I thought. But that's less than half. Far less than half. 
and we can't really we 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 have the legacy of the AA spirit and this man I think speaks the truth I've gone to thousands of AA meetings in my life and I don't go most of the time today I just don't go to AA meetings because of this very fact the group sickness is so desperately there now group sickness is easily recognized the first stage is when you enter the door of the group you visit if you're greeted with a handshake and a warm smile you may assume that the group consciousness is at work and that you are at home at this point if you don't feel comfortable and welcome you're probably not if a sincere effort is not put into making newcomers and visitors welcome you have entered an infected group second stage of group sickness the reason I'm talking about this is the broader aspect of sponsorship is the meeting as sponsor we're gonna have all of the techniques here and in the years to come from AA from our own discovery but we don't realize the first sponsor most people get in SA is the group and more and what they get most of the time is an infected group the second stage of group sickness manifested in this way you're sitting in a meeting listening to someone go on and on and on about how their cat clawed up their new chair <laughs> if this kind of monologue dominates the meeting prepare to have a struggle with yourself about whether or not ever to go back this is not recovery as promised in the big book stage three unfortunately is prevalent in too many groups if and where the if and when the person who's been dominating the meeting finally shuts up group therapy begins I'll skip down there is a solution the group conscience needs to institute rules of order which will ensure the recovery of the group as a whole and its individual members this does not come automatically magically out of the air when we just sit there and look at our navels and tell how tell our problems these rules should be stated at the <coughs> beginning of each meeting and strictly adhered to first and foremost teach the 12 steps of recovery as outlined in the doctor's opinion the 12 traditions and the first 164 pages of the big book Two, make newcomers and visitors welcome three offer strong teaching sponsorship to all newcomers and visitors anyone wanting a sponsor should have one appointed by the group conscience at that meeting don't wait for the newcomers to ask newcomers are not the best judges of who should sponsor them it was their best judgment that got them drunk in the first place I never regretted the appointment of my sponsor you saved my life fourth limit the con limit the comments of members to five minutes or less and if they stray ask them to be seated except this will kill you except to introduce themselves newcomers should not be allowed to talk now that's controversial but I think we should take a bite on that and see what it, see what we come up with they are there to learn and the way to do that is to listen their time will come last but not least members having a personal problem should be directed to talk with their sponsor or other group members after the meeting a meeting based on recovery is not a forum for personal problems which detract inhibit and downright destroy others in the program of recovery good article I think what essay needs uh, I'm a realist in essay you know I, I I'm the I'm the glass half-empty guy I came here expecting to see less less hands on this and I'm grateful that there are many groups that have more sobriety than in sobriety I'd hate to ask you how you're defining sobriety yeah. 
and how long that sobriety is, you know. Because the longer we go on, the more some of these people drop out, right? So I think what we need, I'm going to tell you about an experiment. Just recently in Southern California, a guy comes back from a trip. He comes into the meeting. He sees, my gosh, three guys have slipped. Right there he says, stop the music. Hold it. Something, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I wasn't in that meeting, but I'm giving you my feelings now. Something very, very important has happened here. And the priority of this meeting has suddenly changed. We're supporting the illness by being so damned loving, keep coming backing for slippers. I'm not talking about newcomers, I'm talking about old timers. I'm talking about people who've been here who know what it is and who are great friends of ours and are part of the group and they slip, we don't blink an eye. We don't bat an eyelash. And after the meeting we just say, we smile and say, hey, keep coming back. Instead of sitting down with a check meeting and saying, okay, now, you are accountable to us because there is no recovery without group unity. And this element has suddenly, there's a leak in the lifeboat here. And let's deal with it. Let's see what happened. Let's hear you out. Let's ask some questions. You, you, you must be in the light on this slip. And so we're going to, and I don't know if that's going to work. I'm not the kind of guy that can implement these things. That might blow us apart. But this was done after the meeting. The leader of that meeting suggested let's have a check meeting afterward, which they did. Almost everyone attended, and it turned things around. A different, we need a different attitude toward slipping and toward the support of group sickness in SA. And I challenge us to take the tough road, the narrow road. Nothing else works. Thank you. Thanks, Roy. Uh, Roy, sexaholic. I'd like to mention one more aspect of a broader concept of sponsorship. I think most of us are beginning to see that there's a broader aspect of our illness than substance abuse or even behavioral addiction. And that's the spiritual dimension of our illness, in my opinion, goes deeper. And the spiritual depth of our illness, in my opinion, goes to the very uttermost depths of the human soul, mind, and body. There's nothing, there's no more profound illness <clears throat> than the illness of our spirit, which only becomes apparent once we get sexually sober. Because this is true, <clears throat> one of the aspects of sponsorship must be a deeper spiritual experience not in a vacuum, but with that person. And I challenge us individually to see what that might be. And I think this deeper aspect of spirituality between sponsor and sponsee is something <clears throat> that we can each explore and share and talk about and make mistakes about and learn from our mistakes. And one of these aspects I'd like to suggest that we try, and here again I can't tell you how to try it, I can only tell what happens with me. 
and that is to pray with that person. Regardless of where they are, with their higher power, with their religious background, to pray in a non-religious mode with that person. If they're a religious addict, or if you're a religious addict, cast the terminology aside and pray to God for whatever. And what do we pray for? Well, I'll tell you one of the things we can pray for is the drifters in our group. They'll never know about it. We never tell them about it. We never tell anybody else about it. But it's a secret thing that two people can do that can help that person that's going to slip. And if you sense that, like Jonathan mentioned, and like uh, Jerry mentioned, maybe you're the only person that sees that. Just like maybe you're the only person who sees that defect that you hate in that person and want to resent. But that may be the gift of God speaking that you're the one chosen to pray. Why don't we try an experiment just between you and your sponsees and just see where, do an 11-step on it, ask for the knowledge of God and His will and see where it carries you. Just an idea. Thank you. Thanks, He asks, when a person makes you God, how do you deal with that? What do you do? The most difficult thing is detecting when they've crossed that line. Because my own need for that person uh, blinds me to that. And um, this is probably the most difficult thing to see. And um, we have to recognize one thing, that we live in a father-dead society. The death of father <clears throat> came into being after the Industrial Revolution as an inevitable result. And so one of the natural things is for a sponsee to make another male sponsee a father. I did this. I think maybe most of us do it. And uh, this is okay. We can't help this. It's going to happen. But I think the sponsor has to bear the responsibility of, of seeing it and changing it. And this will only happen through experience. Uh, in the early years, it happened to me in a very painful experience when the relationship blew apart and great conflict. I see now looking back on it that this was a necessary thing. That this was as an emancipation that had to take place that we never did with our fathers. And it's the grace of God that can help us to see it. You're going to have you're going to have things blow sky high. It's happened to me more than once and it's going to happen to you. Um the more insidious thing. If God is in the relationship, you're going to see it. I can't tell you how to see it. You're just going to see it, maybe after the fact. The more insidious thing than that is unwittingly supporting the illness in that sponsee. I've done this many, many times, and I wake up to the fact, last time it happened was a few months ago, somebody in another state, 
And uh, the person kept slipping and was working the steps, was taking direction, seemed to have the right attitude. And, uh, but it began to dawn on me, am I supporting the illness? And only you, you know, nobody's going to tell you, my sponsor, my first my, my third sponsor in AA, three times slipping and you're out, go find another sponsor. I don't have any such rule. But I told this person, um, I discovered one day after his last slip, he met the most beautiful woman he had ever met and had sex. And the way, he, the way he described it, I just knew he was gone. And then he said he didn't believe in essay sobriety. And so I just closed it right there. I said, if and when you change your mind about your sobriety, call me. And he didn't understand. And I, said, and I repeated it, if and when. And he hasn't called back since. The answer is prayer for me. Help me to see. Help me to see my own blindness. Help me to see my dependence on the person. And, uh, and, God, and God help us. And, that, and I'll tell you, uh, one of the greatest benefits of being a sponsor is that it, it just drives you to your own powerlessness and to, to God, to prayer. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.